Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. I am so excited for today's guest. He is the drummer for Dashboard Confessional, the founder of Emo Social, and one of my favorite people. Welcome to the show, Chris Camrata. <laughs> What's going on? I love the intro. Very good. I could have gone on. I, I could have said some <laughs> other things like takes longer to get ready than me, but I decided to leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not entirely true. <laughs> not but... always. I feel like I feel like it's not that I actually have a lot that I need to do when I'm getting ready. It's just that I just I'm not a punctual person unless it's like something very professional. I'm just like, you know what? I'm don't want to be stressed out. I'm just going to take my sweet ass time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're super busy. It it's kind of a crazy day getting ready for uh Vegas this weekend and just a lot of things in the works right now, but it's it's a good kind of busy. I'm excited. Okay. So you mentioned Vegas and we're going to get to that. And that's kind of the yeah. reason I wanted you to come on today. And I was like, you have to do it today because it's coming out tomorrow, which is Tuesday. And we're going to make an announcement that will be happening this weekend. But before I get into that, I want to talk about my favorite thing about you. And it's not even that you're in one of my favorite bands. It's that <laughs> you are vegetarian. I am. I should just pull the plug and go full vegan, but it's so hard. What's holding you back? I assume touring is really, really tough if you were to go vegan. I could do it. I think it would just take a lot of willpower and discipline to not fold when I'm just like in a pinch and I'm starving and not everybody accommodates mm -hmm. for that. And I'm just traveling and I'm like, all right, I just need a slice of pizza right now because I feel like I'm going to pass out. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's like yeah. the cheese thing. I think everything else is very easy. Because I don't, I don't drink milk. I'm not like a, a yogurt guy or anything like that. But I'm like oat milk with my latte or coffee, and nice. it's I think yeah, it's it's probably just cheese. It's tough. If every place had like vegan options, then it'd be game over. It'd be very easy. Cheese is definitely like the final frontier in veganism because everything else, like you said, the milks and you said you don't eat yogurt, but even like vegan yogurts are so good. Right. Yeah, I think it's a convenience thing. Pizza is what broke me the first time I went vegan. And I was just out running errands in like North Hollywood. And I was starving. I hadn't eaten all day. Right. I had a slice of pizza and that like put me back to being vegetarian. Right. I mean, that's just it for me, like the traveling and like the go, go, go. And I definitely put my diet and like health as far as that goes, like on the back burner. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going to wither away right now. <laughs> I'm going to eat whatever's available because I just need fuel, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like drumming and like shows and what's convenient around venues or if 
a friend or a tour manager. And again, if it's like a tour situation with the band, we're putting in a food order. It's kind of like beggars can't be choosers always. And I like to make people's life a little bit easier and not be the one who has like every dietary restriction because I experience a lot of that and see it. So I always just try to be easy. But I also respect the hell out of people that are full vegan. And I think it's not only do you feel better about yourself morally and everything that comes along with that, but I think it's just a, a healthier choice for your body. What made you go vegetarian? At first, it was, it was a big health thing for me. I felt like by eliminating just processed meats first and foremost, I automatically just started eating vegetarian. Like I already ate pretty healthy and eat like whole foods like I eat. You know, I eat carrots and hummus and beans on everything, like replace all my like Mexican food with black beans or like refried beans and eat a lot of like pistachios and almonds and other sources of protein, whether it be like lentils or vegan proteins. It's just, I felt lighter. I felt better. Never like weighed down or sick to my stomach when I ate. How long has it been now? I've always been like dabbled with it okay. ever since I first started touring when I, I mean, this is like over like fit like 15 years ago essentially oh wow I, yeah like i mean i started touring right out of high school and this will be my last week of being the ripe age of 33 mm -hmm. so you know started touring full-time like right at 18 19 so it's been it's been a decade and a half of doing this full-time and and back then there weren't a lot of options but i just remember like going to certain places and just see like i back then a healthy mindset like anywhere you went was like grilled chicken with a salad or something right. like that and i remember so many places i was going to and like ordering meals like that i would just see what it looked like i just wasn't even hungry anymore it looked disgusting and my mind immediately went to like what did they do to like get this on my plate and i don't you know i'm not the kind of person who wants to like turn people off from the meal i think if they want that they can enjoy it but for myself i've just always been like i think Morally, it's pretty gross, especially the more research I've done. It's made it even easier for me to stick to being vegetarian and not eating like animal meat mm -hmm. at all, yeah, ever. But also, it really started from me just thinking like the fact that it just was ne never really fully appetizing to me. Yeah. I think the only thing that was really hard for me to, to give up was like probably like fried chicken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but that to me isn't even about the meat, it's like. I just want the fried breading. Yeah, totally. So whenever I want that like junk food, that's so easy to get vegetarian or vegan these days. It is. Do you have a favorite chicken nugget or vegan chicken option? I wasn't in love with Morningstar for a long time. Mm -hmm. But as of lately, like I'm such a sucker. Like I get, I get their like buffalo chicken patties and I get the, uh, the breaded little chicken nuggets and the regular patties. And I just add little extra sauces to them or make my fake version of a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I like the Morningstar ones. I know they might not be the best for you, but when I'm just in the mood for like a childish, like little junk food meal at home, yeah. I'll make something with that. Yeah. And that's a misconception too. People think, oh, if you're vegan or vegetarian, it's just purely healthy or it's just the diet. But sometimes you can be a junk food vegan or a vegetarian. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I need it. Half the time, everybody I see, they're like, you need to put meat on your bones. You need to eat more. So I'm like... <laughs> All right, fuck it. <laughs> but I will give a shout out to a local spot in Orlando that a buddy of mine and his wife run and own together. It's called Winter Park Biscuit Company. I've heard of that. And shout out to Neil and his wife. I think her name's Mary. But Neil Westfall plays guitar in a band called A Day to Remember. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. And his wife, I think they met. I don't know their life story or anything, but I'm pretty sure Alex, their drummer, is a good buddy of mine. And he was like, they met, I believe, on the tour that they did together with Blink-182 years ago because she was Travis Barker's private chef for, like, vegan food. Oh, my God. That is amazing. And they met, and I guess, uh, you know, obviously the story writes itself, but they've been living together here for a while. They're married now. I think they have a young child together, I think maybe a daughter. And they opened the spot. They were doing, like, pop-ups for a while, and I've always kind of kept tabs. And now they have a, a spot over at the East End Market on the other side of town in Orlando. And it's it's a really popular spot. And they, in my opinion, they've come very close to perfecting like the vegan Southern comfort, like fried chicken sandwich. And they do an array of other things like kale salads with their fried chicken on it. And then they have the biscuit sandwich with the fried chicken and then their version of a Chick-fil-A. But I think even better. And it's just so awesome because they make everything in-house and, and they're just doing a great job. And I love it. Whenever I have time and I can make it over there, I always try to hit it up. That's awesome. I've had that on my list. Yeah. Winter Park Biscuit Company. Next time I'm in town, let's go. I want to yep. try yeah, it so it. bad. And now Absolutely. that I know a member from a date or member is in there, it makes it even more exciting for me. Yeah. Because I love the band as well. So I would love to support. Yeah, it's such a cool crowd and it's, it's supporting local and they're great people and yeah. Getting back to Morningstar real quick, because I do have a lot of listeners who are either vegan, vegan curious, or started right. swapping out items from hearing certain things I would say or things my guests would say. But with regard to Morningstar, they got me recently. I tried their bacon. Right. There's egg whites in it. Uh, I know some of those products, they sneak by. You got to kind of look into what's in them because, you know, they're they're mass producing it and I get it. It's not all made for vegans and it's some of them are just vegetarian. Yeah. And you would think I would be seasoned at this by now. I'm so used to just reading labels all the time as a vegan. They got right. me anyway recently. So I just want to put that out there to anybody to if you are buying Morningstar. Do your research. Yeah. I mean, I remember being on Warp Tour 08 and 09, like those early days and you're at the barbecue and there's a veggie burger option and it might not be vegan, but at least, you know, it's a veggie burger and you feel a little better about yourself and you can hope for the best that it's fully vegan. But I just kind of was happy that I wasn't eating an animal yeah. fully. Absolutely. And speaking of food, I know that you had a chance to Postmates Sugar Taco the last time you were in L.A. Funny enough, I think Sugar Taco is how you and I became internet friends because I think you responded to something with Sugar Taco and I was like, wait, you know of that? And you were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been like seeing it pop up online and seeing like friends post about it. And I was like, I want to check out that place. That looks awesome. I, I loved like all the branding, the food menu looked great. I just like it when places have like the whole package. I really appreciate it. And next time I come, I need to actually do the full experience because I'm not the biggest fan of ordering food. I feel like you're getting a lesser version of it. You know, it sits. I was worried about that too because everything is so fresh and like the corn tortillas, if they sit too long, they're going to fall apart. So it's like, oh, I hope the driver got it there quickly. No, it was awesome. It was so good. We have to like go to the actual restaurant. (laughs) But where I was going with that is that even though that's how we met online, I actually ended up meeting you in Orlando for the first time at your event called Emo Social. That's right. I want to talk about that because it's such a cool event. It's something you do every Thursday night in downtown Orlando at a bar called Sly Fox. 
That's right. I'm kind of a seasoned emo night LA person. I've been to my fair share of them. And yours is very different from that, which I love. So how would you kind of describe an emo social? Well, I mean, you definitely said it right there. And I think the number one thing when starting the whole process was, you know, obviously there's an array of events that cater towards the the emo genre or pop punk worlds or sometimes even a little bit heavier music. And I think it kind of all stems from truly like emo's been around since the 80s. I mean, shit, some, some people might even argue the 70s. And I think what everybody really identifies like the modern day of like the beginning of starting to hear this term emo more often is like the late 90s and early 2000s. And people always correlate it with, you know, they'll throw in Dashboard, they'll throw in Jimmy World. And then there's the bands that, you know, some people might not be familiar with as like household names. The Promise Ring, for instance, Scott and our band and our bass player in Dashboard, you know, he, he, his band was taking out Jimmy World on their first, you know, some of their first tours ever. And those are like, yeah, iconic emo shit right there. I was fangirling over Scott one night we were hanging out in Nashville and right. I just got for the first time I like actually had a conversation with him and found out he was in the promise ring and I was like you were oh my god that's insane yeah. well that's just it it's iconic the things he's seen and witnessed and like the way the genres have moved and the things that have come in and out of this sound I mean those bands in that era shaped everything that's turned into what I think this whole movement is. I think the thing that makes it truly special is that there's a younger audience who are eager to find out where it came from. It's just refreshing to see a young, new generation of kids wanting to discover where maybe a band like Blink-182 got their influence from, or what a band like My Chem, like where they came from. And when people don't understand what kind of music is played at a emo night sort of event, I'm like, well, you remember Warp Tour. It's like, just imagine Warp Tour. Like, you're going to hear everything from a band like 303, which a middle-aged person who's unfamiliar, or even a young person who's unfamiliar with the music, will hear a band like 303, and then hear a band like A Day to Remember, and they're like, well, wait, those bands don't sound anything alike. I think it's just, uh, people want to sing along, they want to feel nostalgic, and I think that the biggest separation with emo social and what makes it so special, and I, it's definitely like, in the name, I, I want. I didn't really want to have the word night attached to emo. I didn't want it to be considered an emo night, even though people are going to say that regardless. It's what they're doing. But I thought calling it something like emo social would set it apart from other events. And honestly, the concept that I want to do correlates with that name perfectly because I want people to come into a more intimate setting and not really see me and friends on a stage mm -hmm. presenting sort of like a show environment i wanted them to feel like they could bum shoulders with some of their favorite like band people or like musicians they look up to or meet people that are like-minded individuals like maybe some kid will meet another musician and they've been looking to start a band or they just meet at the right time and they've linked up at this event and it might be an older crowd or it might be a cool blend of people but i just wanted people to feel like a girl might meet their future husband or vice versa, or two people may meet that start a band together, or a producer kid who's like on the come up, like as an engineer might meet some singer, some female singer that they end up writing the, some next massive hit together. I really wanted to look at it as not only like a party and a sing along and a place for people to have drinks and cut loose, but honestly, a place where people are, are mingling 
and bumping shoulders. And there is musicians and people that are related to anything in that world that they might recognize, they might bump shoulders with and get a photo and they don't feel like it's an intimidating experience. It's more of a very welcoming, just fun, kind of rowdy little crowd. And we do it in the most like punk rock dive bar in Central Florida. And we do it every single week and stayed steady. I mean, we're coming up on two years, never missing a week at the top of 2023, which to me is just insane. That is insane. That's so hard to be consistent. And you've not only done that, but you have definitely described the environment. It's more conducive to kind of networking and you're actually able to have conversations with people. I just think it's special that we have something that can remain every week and it's a home for a lot of people and they can count on it. They don't have to feel alone. They know they can go there and see some regulars and see people consistently. Say you're new to a city, like you can really count on a spot where you can meet people that are like-minded and will make you feel welcome and right at home. And I think that right there is probably the most special part about it is that it's just bringing people together. Even an emo night event, something like that, I always say that you can go there by yourself and those are your people. That's your community. Everybody is welcoming and there's kind of something that brings everybody together. They're all there for the same type of music and whatever called them to that music is the same thing with everyone else in that room. And it's just always so welcoming. Absolutely. I mean, that's really the whole reason I even wanted to start playing music professionally as a reason. For me, it was the fact that I, seeing it affect people and seeing it bring people together like it did for me with other people but seeing with my, my own eyes and something that you created doing that for people, that is truly like the reason I wanted to make music and be in a band from the beginning. And for something like this, it's just an extension of that in just a completely different fashion. And it's awesome. It's, it's really special. And I think it's really fun to even collaborate with the guys and girls and great people that all work on the Emo Night LA stuff. And when we do our collaboration events together here in Orlando, it's so nice to like merge them and, and their different experiences at the same time. And I, I really appreciate that. And that's just a prime example right there. Just doing these things is bringing people together to work on something together who might not have ever done anything together in the first place. Yes. So Saturday night, I think we are going to an emo night event in Vegas, but yeah, can't wait. I want to know what we're doing Friday night. Okay. So Friday night, well, A, it's my birthday on Friday, so I'm a little scared because I'm going to be on a flight to Sin City that same day, <laughs> and I have to play a festival the next two days, and I somehow have to manage keeping myself together and not letting people buy me a bunch of drinks and getting me too wild on Friday night <laughs> when I get there. But I'm excited because I'll be doing the first ever emo social in Las Vegas at a bar called Berlin Bar. They have vegan options on their menu. They have a cool bar. There's already a community around it. And I just knew it'd be a perfect spot for people that are coming into town for when we were young to come see. You know, that's what we're all there for. That's what I'm going there for. And it's just great that I'm able to give a little taste of what I do in Orlando weekly in Las Vegas that weekend and give people the option to come through and just have some drinks, maybe bump into some band people and band dudes, band girls and listen to some music and get hyped up for the shows that are coming up the next couple of days after it. And so I'm stoked to celebrate my birthday and be around a bunch of friends and listen to music that we all love and hang out and have a good time. Absolutely. And I'm excited for your 
your DJ set. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, and, uh, Me and, you and Courtney doing your DJ set will be great. Yes. So, you guys, I love it. let me tell you about this. So, we have teamed up. Courtney has guest DJed spots before on her own. I have guest DJed emo nights and other things. Even, I think I hopped on really poorly of an emo social event in Nashville and I was probably too drunk to be doing it. You might not even know that I did it. Uh, Wait, which one was this after the Ryman show? Yes. Yeah. You were, you know, being your social self, going around talking to everybody and whoever was DJing, I was like, hey, let me do it. (laughs) And he let me on. And then I was like, oh, wait, I probably was not prepared. Yeah, I was slammed. I think there might have been like a pause in the music. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, it's okay. I think it's funny. I think it it gives a little charm to it. And I think that's just like back to like what I was saying before is like with those events, especially like an emo social, that's like an after party. And it's at my friend's bar. Shout out, Jamie. Um, We did it at Lucky's in Nashville, which is such a cool little dive bar and perfect for events like that. And, you know, it's just great to have a bunch of industry friends and, you know, some fans from the show come through and just fans of emo music in general. And, you know, when stuff like that happens, it's so funny to be like in a packed dive bar and it skips and just goes, what? And then it goes right back on. I was like, Let's right. Go. I don't think anyone even cared or noticed. No, it's like a house party at that point. It, but in like, you know, an intimate dive bar setting. And it's just, it's truly like a party and like a positive experience. And I, I love that. And it, there's no pressure. It has to be fun. Did you see the dog that would go grab the beers and bring them to people in that Nashville bar? Yep. That was my favorite thing ever. Yep. That dog's awesome. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, but that dog is randomly at that bar all the time when I roll through there. Love that bar. Love that dog. Amazing. So from Orlando to Nashville to now Vegas. Yep. yep. Berlin Bar in Vegas. I have a couple local friends who live in Vegas, and they were like, that is the coolest bar ever. They're so excited that it's going to be there. Who can we expect to be there? I'm definitely going to have a couple of the guys from my band come through and hang out. I know some of the guys from Armor for Sleep are going to come through. I believe some of the guys from Cartel are going to come hang out. Basically, I've had a ton of homies just be like, yo, I'm coming out. I'm so stoked for this. I can't wait. But I know like the guys who are on the A Day to Remember tour right now, they're local to Orlando and they're crushing it. So I want to give them a shout out. They're called Magnolia Park. They're really good friends of mine. Josh, the lead singer. Always comes through Sly Fox here in Orlando for Emo Social and jumps back and picks songs and he does such a great job. So I'm pretty sure he's going to come through. I think that's what's cool about it being no cover and it's just such a like, I mean, it's not laid back because it's Vegas and it's the Friday night before when we were young and everybody's getting into town. You know, they don't have to plan and like purchase a ticket and overly stress about those things. They can just come and go at their own pace. I couldn't even get a ticket to when we were young because it sold out in minutes. And for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's a two-weekend emo music festival coming up this weekend, October 22nd and 23rd in Las Vegas. And then they added a third show the following weekend, October 29th. I think they're expecting something like 60,000 people. It's sold out in minutes. And I was one of the people on hold (laughs) and I could not get my tickets. And I was like, oh my God, well, I I know enough people in the band, so hopefully Someone can actually get me in. But worst case scenario, I saw a couple third party sales. So last minute, if I need to buy a ticket, I will. I'm going regardless. Yeah, I think I think guest list will be it's going to be such a wash. Like I've legit been scared to ask my tour manager because he's going to be like, I'm not even doing this right now. It's a shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. 
but any day now, I'll probably have to text them tomorrow and be like, yo, do I get guest list for Saturday or Sunday? And it'll be fuck no. Or like, <laughs> how many do you need? I'll do what I can. Send me your names. I'll do what I can. It's one right. or the other. But I just, I know it's a lot. There's a lot of bands. There's over 60 bands. And when this was first announced, people yeah. were like, this can't be real. This is like the emo fire fest. <laughs> My Chemical Romance, yeah. Paramore, Your Band, Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday, The Used, A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon, Avril Lavigne. I could go it's on. Just everybody. Who are you excited to see? Or is it kind of like, oh, I've seen them all. So like, I'm just happy to be there with friends. I mean, I feel like I've pretty much seen every band for the most part on the bill or I've shared lineups with them. I'm excited to see as far as bands go, I'm stoked that Acceptance is getting back together because that's just a band that doesn't play shows. The starting line doesn't play a lot of shows anymore. So I just think bands like that who really don't tour a lot anymore and they're just hopping on to play this festival and it's like super nostalgia and a once in a lifetime kind of thing you know you're not going to see them hitting at the touring circuit heavy for the next like two to three years it's you know there's hopping on this insane festival to do their role and i think that's awesome i have three days of this festival i'm like day one i'm going into it just like what are we getting into and i want to make sure our set goes well and the minute i walk off stage from saturday after like doing emo social on thursday night here in orlando getting on a flight the next afternoon first thing and I'm gonna sleep in as late as I can, wake up, go straight to the airport, fly for hours across the country on my birthday, get to Vegas, settle in, go do my event, emo social in Vegas, try to get some sleep as much as I can, have a lobby call, go to the festival, get settled in, make sure the backline kit looks good, be in the green room, make sure, you know, my singer Chris and my crew, everybody's feeling good, we're feeling confident and go into the show and make sure it goes well. And then once I'm done with that, then I can like take a deep breath after day one. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go check out some bands. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I'm really excited to see Bring Me the Horizon because I love that band. I've really enjoyed the past. Like, I mean, I've enjoyed every record they've put out, particularly. I mean, I bought Suicide Season when I was on tour in like 2008. And the rest of my band members like, what is this? And I still a CD player in like our 15 passenger van. And everyone was like, oh shit, this is actually, this goes kind of fucking hard. And I've been a fan ever since then. And I particularly like the past like three to four records they've put out. I think they've progressed in a really cool way. And I haven't seen them live in years. It's been a long time. So it'll be cool to see them playing some of their newer material with more production and just kind of where they're at in their career now will be awesome. Going to try to make it over and check out my friends in a day to remember and friends, you know, in the Paramore camp. I, I like going to see my friends play who I just keep in touch with and get to see from time to time. And I don't, I don't always get to just go sit side stage and appreciate them doing their thing. So for me, that's always special. You just named three bands that I'm super excited to see because I've never seen Bring Me the Horizon live and I'm late to the Bring Me the Horizon game. I only discovered them right. through my ex-boyfriend last year and I was like, oh my God, right. how have I never sure. known them before? And I love them. So I'm excited to see that. And Ollie probably brings a ton yeah. of like energy to the stage. So I'm so excited. Oh yeah, it'll be great. There's yeah, there's a ton ton of talent. It's going to be yeah. insane. And then a day to remember I've never seen live. Same thing. I'm so late to the game with them. I only recently discovered them and now they're one of my favorite bands. And then Paramore. Yeah, Paramore. Paramore. I mean all just like fantastic live performances even if you're not like head over heels in love with like particular songs. I think you can just show up and it just like it's a super just party of a show and gets a little like heavy and intense but then it gets super catchy. And it has that like 
pop punk feeling and brings you back to like, it just makes you feel everything all over again of like maybe why you started loving shows in the first place. And for me, that's like, if a band can encompass any feeling like that, I'm in, I'm just very, just all about it. I love it. How is it going to run? Like there's over 60 bands. I heard that the stages are revolving. Like how is that working out? They listed them. So they listed the stages already. So there's two main stages. I believe those are titled pink and black stage. And then there's two other stages that are side by side. So, and then there's, I believe a tent stage. So all in all, there's five stages. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm about 90% sure that's what it is. And I've also heard that all of the stages are going to be rotating. So while one band is playing, the other band that just played before them, after they rotate out, can be removing their gear off the other side of the stage that's not visible to anybody. Because there's going to be probably an LED wall or a big wall in the middle, typically is how they've done it. Like we did the similar thing at the Forum in LA for an iHeartRadio festival. So it was Walk the Moon playing before us. And then we're setting up on the other side and they're only playing four songs, mind you. So it's like you get your stuff on quick and you've already gotten your in-ears worked out and your packs are good to go. So you place your gear, your ri- drum risers will probably already be set up on off of those rotating stages. So they just roll a drum riser off. They roll in any risers that you need. They roll them on, they patch everything in, in that 30 to 40 minute window. And then they rotate the stage and the other band ends. And, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be issues. There always is. It's like that at every festival, though. Even festivals that don't have 60 bands. I've seen Warped Tour do this forever. The shows are going to be starting earlier in the day. So I hope people are prepared that, like, we have a mid to later slot or, like, a mid slot just for our stage in general. And it's just, like, a stacked lineup. And we play at 3 p.m. It's stacked. It's like us. And then right after us, it's Pierce the Veil. Then right after Pierce the Veil, it's Jimmy Eat World. Then right after Jimmy Eat World, it's Taking Back Sunday. Right after Taking Back Sunday, it's Avril. Right after Avril, it's freaking The Used. Right after The Used, it's freaking uh, A Day to Remember. Right after A Day to Remember, it's Bring Their Eyes In. After Bring Me, it's Paramore. It's like, and then after Paramore, it's My Chem. It's, it's just, out, it's insane. Like, we played around 3, 4 p.m. at Lollapalooza. But that's because they spread out the time slots so much. Like there was only two artists that are, are like, I think that went on after us and that stage was done. But this one, it's like warp Tour style. But I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. We're playing at 3 p.m. Because I look at the roster of artists that are coming on right after us. I'm like, this is insane. It's just a stacked bill. Like you're just going to be seeing some of the biggest bands from the scene back to back to back to back. It's pretty impressive. So how do you guys as a band decide what songs to play at something like this that is so insane and there's going to be so many people do you kind of play the biggest hits the fan favorites or do you want to surprise people like how do you decide here's my take on this i think a band should do whatever the fuck they want but that being said i think every band in their right mind on a festival like this wants the crowd to be going the fuck off because they know that all the bands that they're billed with are going to fucking bring it and they're going to be playing their biggest songs. They're going to be playing their hits and they want it to be hype. And especially a festival making its debut that made such a like ripple effect across the entire world when it announced, like everybody was talking about this and it's the first year of it in general, that alone. I think every band on this one, we're still not that deep into coming back from the world being shut down. So I think every band really has like a newfound perspective 
with what they're picking for their set list. I mean, I know Paramore for years are like, we're not going to play misery business anymore. Now they're on their first tour back in years and they put it back in their set list. And to me, that's not surprising. It's like, give the people what they want. It, it It's special. You know, it, it doesn't matter how long your band's been around. There's always somebody in the crowd that it's their first time seeing your band or, and they might've been fans for over a decade. And that's just their first chance that they've been able to see you. So why not just give them what they want? Even if you're burnt out on playing those songs, I think it's just exciting to fully bring it. But I also think a band should do whatever the hell they want, because if they're more excited on stage, that's just going to make it an even better show. But I'm going to go on record and say this festival, I think every band's playing their hits. Some will probably throw in their new single to promote that, but then the rest of the set list is going to be bangers. And I think everybody's expecting that. But regardless, you're going to see more than enough of the songs that you would consider a hit for all these bands. So we're going to play all the bangers and then just pick whatever we're in the mood to play around it. I mean, we don't have a set list for it yet. We love to come up with it and think about it when we're fresh and in the moment and excited about it. How about the Jamie cover? The Jamie cover? Which one's that? You don't even know it exists. This is insane to me. I don't even know the Jamie cover exists. Oh, my God. Yeah. So before you joined them, Chris covered Weezer's Jamie. And we discussed this cover when I interviewed Chris over on Shenanigans podcast a couple years ago. And he was like, you know, it it was like kind of during the pandemic. And he was like, you know, I've been playing that around the house. And that means once we get back to shows again, I'll probably play it live. And I was like, awesome, because I've never heard it live. He still has not played it yet. (laughs) I'm only joking. I don't think this is the time or place to play it. Although maybe it is. I mean, if there's OG fans. We always throw like we are. Our set lists are wild. There's always like something new coming out or like we change out covers or we pull out a deep cut out of left field. I wouldn't put anything past Chris on his suggestions of songs we want to throw in and I fully support it. So maybe one of these days the Jamie cover will come out. I probably don't think we'll be playing any covers that when we were young, but (laughs) I do think we'll play it. We'll play it if you bug him enough at one of the shows. He'll be like, fuck it, we'll do it. All right. And we'll, we'll have to sound check. He'll be like, everybody learn this for sound check. We'll run it one time. I'm like, all right, we're good. And then we'll play it for the show. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. And I, and I love it because it just keeps things fresh and exciting. So what is your favorite song to play live? Selfishly, I love seeing people just go crazy for songs like Hands Down and Vindicated. But I, I really enjoy playing a song called Stolen. I just, I love the dynamics of it. Stolen, you know, it's kind of a love song. We still get kind of heavy in it and it crescendos up and becomes like a big, you know, powerful song, rock song at the end. I just like the drums. They're not overbearing. It's very in the pocket. I love the drums on Stolen. I'm so glad you said that. I don't know if anyone appreciated the drums the way I do on that song. So I'm glad to hear that yeah. you like it because the drums are different. It's like syncopated. Yeah, it's, it's a cool it's a cool little pocket song and it's very tight. I love the whole drum intro we have at the beginning. And I just like the guitar tones that are used on the song. And I like the atmosphere that that song brings. It it stands out in the set to me every time. It's a good love song. Yeah, it, we're definitely going to play that one at when we were young because I'm going to demand it. <laughs> we're we're going to play oh, it anyway, I definitely think that you song's should. just so much fun. And we got to. You know, one of my favorite songs, it's also kind of like a slower song, too. It's for you yeah. to notice. You guys don't really play it yeah, that, that one's much. Yeah, that one's not in the set too much. My favorite dashboard song, like growing up, the one that I feel like a high school girlfriend played it 
it was the So Impossible EP. That's the best. And she had it in her car. And she played, she'd always play it. And I just loved the song, the title track. I loved So Impossible. Yeah. It just had, it had such a great vibe to it. So whether he's doing it acoustic or we're doing it full band, I've always loved that song. I love that whole EP. And I've suggested this to your production manager for years now. Yeah. He says it's a great idea, but you guys haven't done it yet. But I was like, you should close with the So Impossible EP in that order, those four songs, because you always end with Hands Down anyway. Right. And he was like, we should do that. I definitely think it would work if we were doing like a specific style tour, which would be awesome. I think it'd be so cool to do a like mini run of shows that were like all of those classic early on EPs. Yes. And we kind of do like, instead of like full records, like we do like the EPs that were like early on because a lot of people bought those and like remember them like in that sort of style and we could recreate them a little bit. But, you know, there's so much opportunity with like doing stuff like that and and playing records as a whole. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll think up something in the near future. I know plans for next year are already being worked on that are pretty exciting. So it's going to be a fun year and I, I can't wait to do more stuff. And I'm just like right now mentally preparing myself for this weekend in Las Vegas and everything coming up that I'm planning for on top of that with like emo social. It's, it's crazy. Busy, busy season is ahead. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm in it now, but I love it. I can like nerd out on dashboard stuff forever, so I'm not going to indulge myself in that. But I will say one last thing about dashboard. <laughs> on the So Impossible EP, I love that cover art because that to me is dashboard. It's I think it's like a couple, like a boy and a girl, like they're silhouettes and one is playing the record for the other one. And that's kind of how people found out about dashboard. It's like a friend or like a boyfriend or a girlfriend is like, hey, listen to this. And then you fall in love right. with it. No, absolutely. I mean, that was like my first true like impression of Dashboard and kind of what the band represented and what Chris was doing early on was that it was like these intimate songs, but also intimate and kind of angsty. And it was super relatable for not only females with it being kind of softer and songs that were more about like love and heartbreak and that like teenage angst that kind of like swims around those concepts. I think it also resonated great for guys that were getting their hearts broken or I think it just kind of resonated with boys and girls or guys and women. And I think that's it's super special and it's great. I mean, it's something that all of us know all too well and we all know heartbreak. We all know love. We all know angst. And I think that it was special what Chris started at such a young age and during a time frame when that wasn't such a popular sound or style or way of doing things. So I got to give it to him, man. The dude is like the king of uh, an era of emo. And some would even call him just like the king of emo in his own right. Oh, absolutely. It's just great. It's really exciting to be a part of something and be able to collaborate daily on tour. Like it's always an open discussion on choices we make for the songs live. Any new recordings and songs we're working on, like we play like a band, we make decisions like a band creatively. And it's 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 nice. Uh, I, I really love it. I thrive in scenarios like that. And that's what it's all about. Totally. And listening to the music myself for so many years, I feel like in a strange way, I've been inspired 
in what I do in my businesses based on how Chris started Dashboard. You know, he was starting to create music that didn't fit in the band Further Seems Forever that he was in. And he kind of just went out and did something on his own, not knowing anyone would hear it. But then once they did, he kind of, you know, he didn't name it Chris Caraba. He named it Dashboard Confessional, even when it was just him. Exactly. He's always kind of included the fans as part of the band almost. And, you know, when he's talking, he's saying we. Right. That has been so ingrained in me, too, as a fan and appreciating that. So now when I started my own podcast, just out of habit, I always say we all the time. I include the listeners. They're sure. part of this. It's theirs as well. And what's so interesting about that is that I had never intended to sign with a podcast company so early on. And someone had reached out to me who I've now signed with. That's awesome. And he was like, I, love that. I want to sign you. Then this was after episode two. And I was like, why? Like, how did you even hear of me? And he's like, well, first of all, it's my job to figure out who's charting and whatnot. But second of all, I heard the way you speak and you use the word we instead of I. And he's like, that goes along with our ethos. And I was like, Oh, my God. Thank you, Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations, because that's that's really cool. I know how, you know, starting out something new, you never know what kind of reaction or traction you're going to get. So that's great that you're getting recognition and being able to get on board with people that can help get your voice out to even more people and get your vision out there. That's awesome. Also, very cool that Chris Caraba and Dashboard could be a an influence and inspiration behind, you know, your approach to your connection with listeners and the approach to how you kind of delegate that and word things. That's that's special. I love that. Yeah. I Very love cool. Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> I mean, I love the band too. I, I'm just grateful. Making music with your friends and great fan base. Everybody's appreciative and no crazy egos. It's just a good time and classic songs that I just, I'm very thankful for that. It's always important just to like remind yourself and I try to do it with everybody in my camp or like anything I'm doing creatively or working on. I'm like, yo, have fun. Like let everybody have fun. Like, let's go. We're here to have fun. Let's enjoy it. Like try to enjoy this, soak it in and let's make the most of it. It's just such a important thing to remind yourself and people around you because shit life always gets in your head. Things get in your head and can ruin moments that should have been more special for you. And sometimes it's not always in your control, but it's important to remind yourself of that. Absolutely. So I have some listener questions if you have time. Let's go. Let's close this out with some nice, salty, spicy, or just regular old questions that people want to know. Okay. First one is from DevXXO. Okay. She says, share a gnarly experience or memory from tour days, early tour days. They want to know a gnarly experience? Yes. Okay. Hmm. There's been some crazy ones. I'm trying to think like what they would define. Like they want to know like some crazy like party moment. They want to know like just a crazy show experience. Whatever comes to mind, I guess. Man, there's so many. One moment that was pretty cool. We were playing a show in LA at the Shrine Auditorium. It was kind of an odd moment because I'm walking up on stage. We're one of the headliners of the show. It's packed out, sold out, thousands and thousands of people. Just a super energetic, like a lot of energy in the air already. Like it's LA, it's a packed show, tons of industry people there. And we're walking to stage and I totally forgot that Travis Barker was doing a DJ set before us. Oh my God, was this Emo Night Day? It was. I was side stage for that. Yeah, so this is that moment. And for me, it's one thing if like, a musician that you looked up to like as a young kid is just in a room and you're you introduce yourself you're hanging out like 
you get to chop it up for a minute. Like that's special. That's really cool. It's always very, very nice. I think for anybody that you looked up to at one point in your life, or they had some inspiration in you making music, but to be headlining a show and walking out and your show starts with drums. And when like you're walking to stage and it's like your band, it's just that, like, it's the power walk. We have our tour manager up at the front flashlights. Everybody's got their in-ears in. We got crew around us. Everybody's like kind of parting out of the way and like we're rolling up and everybody knows for the most part, everybody knows like a band is about to take the stage, whether or not whoever's there knows who's about to go up. We're walking up to the stage. I'm like getting all hyped. The crowd's fucking screaming and cheering. The lights go down and it's just Travis Barker sitting there like staring at us in our huddle. And he's like, you can just tell he's like really appreciating it. And he's getting like, Mm -hmm. kind of. I could see him getting hyped up. Like he just finished his DJ set. He hadn't stepped away from like just being at the bottom of the stairs to walk up to this big ass riser of a stage in this auditorium. He's sitting there watching like how intense like we're getting. And I could just see the energy in him getting to our level just by being surrounded next to it, which is that would happen to me, too. He's watching me and he was like, all right, all right, Chris, go, 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 like hyping me up. And he's watching that. He's he's like stretching his hands like he's about to go on stage or something because I, I look through the corner of my eyes like I'm overanalyzing this motherfucker because <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just like all right Travis Barker what up dude and then I go on stage and he's watching the whole time and he kind of walks up the bottom of the stairs a little bit like not getting in our cruise way but like like he's eyeing it and I go up and I start this drum intro and I'm just like going in beating the shit out of the drums and it was just one of those moments. I'm like, I have all of that motherfucker's attention right now. And he's seeing like what I'm all about. And he's fully engaged in it. It's not like a passive thing. He could easily just walk to him and be like, oh, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm interested, but like, you know, I got to run. Like, I'm, I'm in my hometown. Like, I'm going to go hop in my car. And, you know, I, I showed face, did my DJ set. I'm going to pop out of here and go meet my friends or my girlfriend or go eat at my restaurant or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That is so cool. So for me, just even that brief moment in time, personally, that was exciting. So I'll just say that one for now. That was pretty cool. And then that is the day that I actually met Danny, your production manager. I was walking around back right. there. I think I was like looking for the restroom or something. And I hear Jamie Lynn. And he was like, I know you from Instagram. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then we've been in touch and been friends since that show. I think I remember you telling me that, that that's how you connected the dots of Danny, but that was a fun day, man. That that was a great, great little lineup of bands and artists, and that was a fun show. That was a great memory, tagged along with it as well. Loved it. Okay, next question. Very thankful for that one. Okay, let's go. Okay, this one I think is probably from someone you know. Do you know probably. a guy named Zach who goes by Z Crazy with a K? I sure do. <laughs> what does this guy want? What is he saying? This is like how like everybody that knows me either through emo social or like working together in bands or crew or friends, like just like across the country. Like this is the kind of shit that happens. What's the question? Let's go. (laughs) He has two. First one. What's it like being a famous K-pop drummer? Uh, (laughs) Second question. (laughs) How was it working with BTS as the best Uh K-pop drummer? (laughs) (laughs) I like feel like half of my friends that know me well, they call, they're like they'll tell anybody like for like around or just out like bouncing around or like grabbing drinks or dinner or like just at a, a dive bar or something. They're just talking. People are like, oh, he played a band, blah blah blah. And like, yeah, he's he's in a famous emo band or not, not emo band. They say he's in a famous boy band or he's in a boy yeah. band. Or they're like he's and then him. He's like 
he's a famous k-pop drummer and i'm like honestly <laughs> dude i couldn't even tell you a K- i couldn't even tell you a k-pop song and i think the only k-pop artist i know off the top of my head is bts and i couldn't tell Same. you a song it's i'm bad Same. i'm pretty bad with that i don't i'm unfamiliar okay next question sorry zach love you all right next question is from d earls is he hiring okay. for any help with anything emo social orlando I'm always looking for help. I don't have like a specific position in mind. My answer to that is I would love to see what you'd like to jump on and help us out with and help me out with, with the brand and stuff with or- in Orlando and at the bar and other events that we're doing. So give me a shout, shoot me a message um, and we can chat. Awesome. Miss Melanie Marie's wants to know, why don't you buggers ever come to Vancouver, British Columbia? I was obsessed since I was 15 and never been in the room with Dashboard or seen it live. YouTube just isn't the same. So you've never Man, been to Vancouver? We have been to Vancouver. We did a full Canadian tour in 2000 or yeah, 2018. And I believe the first stop was in Vancouver. I, I think at the Commodore Ballroom is the venue we played. But I do agree, like we need to hit uh, Vancouver and that West Coast side of Canada. We definitely need to hit. And I would love to hit all the, you know, nooks and crannies of Canada. But, you know, we need to hit that West Coast also, excuse me, also just because I love the West Coast of Canada. I think it's absolutely beautiful. We're more than overdue for some Canadian dates. And I hope that happens next year. Next year, we better be coming to Canada. I'll tell you that much. And I think we will be. So... Don't quote me on that, but I I will call or text, make an obnoxious text to our booking agent who doesn't want to hear from the drummer of the band ever. <laughs> and I'll be like, bro, Canada, make it happen. Let's go. He'll be like, Chris, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, we'll make it there. We were there in 2018. I'm sorry that you missed that one, but we will make our way back. Look out for that then, Melanie. Can you bring an emo social to Boston, please? Do you ever have plans to tour with it? I'll answer the last question first by saying, yes, I do have plans to tour it. And I would absolutely love to do a Boston date. Hell yeah, we're going to be touring through there. Awesome. Go Red Sox, too. I love Boston. I love it, too. If it's in Cambridge or somewhere around there, we got to do it. For sure. All right. Next question from someone we already spoke about, Danny LaCouture. I think that's how you say his last name. Your production cool. manager. Of course. Ready for this one? Production manager slash BFF. Oh, it's going to be so <laughs> passive and salty. Let's go. It's actually not. I was almost hoping it would be more of a joke, but it's not. Okay. How do you stay creative and energized to keep playing music? As far as staying inspired, if I ever feel like I am in like a hole over it or in a slump, creatively i usually try to pick up a different hobby or put like my focus into another creative outlet whether it be like photography which i have zero pressure to like utilize as my career but it just fires me up because i think it always just goes hand in hand because when i see like a really cool photograph i naturally hear music alongside it or i'll like listen to a genre that's completely different than what i might be on the road with touring with the band i'm playing for at the time so like if i'm playing like more angsty, like upbeat, heavy hitting, like rock and roll drums on tour. Then I'll like put on some like really cool ambient music, Tycho and like instrumental stuff and 
kind of take my headspace away from that. And then it makes me want to open up recording softwares and do something different. That's really good advice. And that can kind of apply to anything in life. You're just so engulfed in it. You kind of can take yourself out, do something that still keeps your creativity sparked. But I think it then can allow you to see things from a new perspective or even just taking a little break from something can allow you to come back with more of a passion for it or can ignite that spark again. That analogy definitely relates to it. I have so many other questions for you, but I am going to force myself to let you go. I know you're so busy (laughs) and I want to thank you for being so generous with the time that you have spent doing this. Yeah, of course. I know we mentioned that you've got your emo social coming up Friday. You're going to be playing at When We Were Young for the three dates. Do you have anything else going on or upcoming that you'd like to let the listeners know about? Yeah. I mean, this the rest of this year is pretty busy. It's, you know, we're doing the two weekends for when we're young. I'm doing emo social events. They're always happening here in Orlando, and we're always planning new events in other locations. Some I can't announce. Some I can. Mainly the ones I can right now is that I'm going to be doing our, our next collaboration event with Emo Night LA. With Emo Social, that'll be on November 17th. I'm currently working on the live band lineup for that. That'll be part of the emo social side in our room for that event, which I'm excited about. Will that be at the same bar, Sly Fox? No, we do that across the street at the beach and in the social. Okay. Um, and then people always make their way over to Sly Fox at the end of the night. And we kind of carry on with like the after party there. But as far as dashboard goes, right after the second weekend of Vegas, I come home. I think it's like only a week later after I get back from the second weekend of Vegas that I'm flying back out to L.A., because we're getting on a cruise. We're headlining the Emo's Not Dead cruise. So yes. it's like Dashboard and Under Oath and like Newfound Glory. And that thing sold out in like a day. So I'm excited to do. I've never done a rock cruise before that's like all based around music. So it'll feel like work and a little bit of vacation. So I'm pretty excited for that. And then a week after I get home from the Emo's Not Dead cruise, we're all going to be on flights heading to Jakarta to play a big festival out there in Indonesia. Wow. And then I fly home from that. And then it's literally a couple days after that, it's Thanksgiving. Then I fly to Nashville and I'm going to be a part of the Emo Night Nashville big event at Marathon Music Works at the end of November, which is two days after Thanksgiving. And then I'm going to come home and then Dashboard is playing a big radio festival in Fort Lauderdale on the beach there on December 4th. That's a good lineup, right? Machine Gun Kelly, the 1975, Mayday Parade, Story of the Year, Dashboard. Yeah, it's a cool, really cool lineup. I think there's going to be a lot of people there. And I can't announce details yet, but I'm going to be doing an emo social after party after that radio festival. And it's going to be at a really cool location that's literally a two-minute walk from the venue in Fort Lauderdale. And then I'm planning a tour that I'll say that Look out if you live in the Midwest area, specifically Chicago and surrounding cities, because I'm going to be doing a mini emo social tour up there. I'm a busy boy right now. I'm excited. Well, thank you again. Of course. Hearing how crazy your schedule is, I am even more appreciative of the time that you spent to do this interview. Oh, it's all good. And I want to wish you an early happy birthday, but I'm very excited to see you on Friday. Friday's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. So I'll see you in Vegas on Friday. We watch the season pull up its own stakes and catch the last weekend. 
Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.